Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the voice of the wet sidewalk used by our local announcer who is also thinking about the food that he, on our behalf, will be telling us about as we get into another edition of The Food Show. It's nice to be here with you every day. And it's uh, when I say every day, I'm talking about more like around 32 years. And we're proud of that. Uh, but uh, who cares how proud we are? What uh, we're really looking for is ways for you to find some great places to eat or to some dishes. Proud. And ho- say what? Ways for them to be proud. Ways for them, them also to be proud. That's I like it. Yes. Anyway, all of that uh, comes up to the food show, and that's where we are right now. And the other voice you just heard a moment ago was that of, um, uh, it's, uh, let's see, it's, um, oh, Mar- uh, Marianne Thank is you. here. Oompa. Oompa? You mean opa? Is it opa? When you go to a Greek restaurant yes. and, opa, yes. opa. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, oompa is like oompa loompa. Okay, <laughs> what there for is an Hi, oompa everyone. Hi. I'm going to reel it in now. You are? Yeah, I'm going to tighten this rope. Yeah. Oh, and what will that accomplish? So it's accomplish? not quite so wacky. Wacky? Oh, yeah. You're trying yeah. to you're trying to tell me something, aren't you? No, no. <laughs> Would I do that? Never, uh, never. We just uh, had a great lunch. Didn't we had we? a great lunch, and it, it first of all broke one of my records. I mean, one not one of my records. Broke one of my one one of my standards, and that is. Do you I think, think it's Tom's a bad idea. Figured out that I don't care about his records and rules anymore. Yeah. When do you think you're going to figure that out? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I hadn't given it any thought at all. Okay. But anyway, what uh, what we were working up to there, uh, if we can remember it, is... I can remember it. You can? Tom okay. went to a restaurant that's went been open restaurant. one day. day. One day. Uh, not Under my, duress. Uh, not my uh, idea of a good idea. Under but duress. But you never know. Uh, things that you you uh, look this into. This is proving my theory, Tom, and disproving yeah. yours, which is uh-huh. that there is no formula, meaning that there are restaurants who are open for years that are not good, and are not going to work out the bugs that make them not good, and there are restaurants that are brand new, as in brand spanking new, that are good. So I don't think that you can ipso facto say a restaurant that's been open under six months is not going to be good. Well, it's generally Mm. speaking, obviously, you can't put this into... You know what? I don't even know that you can say that because your rule for the last 45 years has been to not go to restaurants for six months. But how do you know that the restaurants that you finally went to for six months weren't great for the six months before you arrived. Because I go to them all the time. Well, after That's six months. That's how I keep it up. So, so we just went to a restaurant that's been open for two days. Two days. And? Great. It was great. Great, great place. It was great. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, and you know, it's it's so possible. If for I that had to a happen. bucket of water, I would throw it, and you could say I'm throwing it out. So I'm throwing out yeah. that theory. Uh, no, I think that there are restaurants because I do go to restaurants that are brand new all the time because I get excited when something new is out there and I want to see what it is. And I'm smart enough to discern the difference between a restaurant that maybe just doesn't get it or a restaurant that is. No, it's very simple. Uh, it's tough to get a staff together at the very beginning of a restaurant. That's the biggest uh, problem with it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't go on forever. It uh, Sometimes uh, I've been to some restaurants. There have been many exceptions. I went, and it was genuinely terrific. The one we went to today is an example of that. It is. So, it uh, is. you know, I talk about not, you know, not accepting all the rules. Well, there's another one for you to look at. Okay. All right. So now, we went. <laughs> we went yeah. to the yeah. new yeah. Rock Rose for lunch. Rock Rose. This Rock is a Rose. brand new restaurant. Uh, open two days mm-hmm. on uh, in the on, International Hotel in a space that has not had a lot of luck for restaurants, starting with Kenny Lacour's ill-fated Rambla, which was a tapas restaurant, as Nick today said, about three years before its time. Yeah, that's that can happen. That was followed by Lemongrass, which turned out to be a big hit. And was that Muen, Min Bui? Was that Min Bui? Is lemongrass Min Bui? Min Bui. Yeah, I think the, it is. The, the and, name is. And now I think that uh, Min Bui has uh, landed uh, probably permanently at Cafe Min, which is a delicious mm-hmm. restaurant in the Carrollton area, right off of Canal and uh, Carrollton. Anyway, uh, this is the third restaurant in that space, and it, too, is an unusual cuisine. It's funny because uh, Mm. the the owner there is a guy who had quite a career, uh, first starting off with getting from Vietnam to these... these, Oh, we're uh, talking about Minh Bui? Yeah. Uh And, uh, And then went on to just get better and bigger all the time and... uh, and terrific. I think one of the great culinary stories, I don't know about nationally, probably nationally, but certainly mm-hmm. locally, one of the great culinary stories afloat is this next generation of Vietnamese uh, whose parents came in the 60s and they have assimilated into the American culture enough to have created this really delicious, really cool hybrid cuisine. You know of, where he started of his career? Vietnamese. No, I don't. Commander's Palace. Ah, okay. He, uh, he uh, and was there for quite a while, and then he moved on to other things, and everything he touched uh, turned yeah. to gold. And, yeah. And, and he had... Very nice guy, too. Yeah, yeah, very nice yeah, guy. Very nice guy. Uh, Anyway. Okay, so he has now launched and he is doing just fine in yep. the space where he is now off of uh, Canal and Carrollton. And in that space now is Nick Asphrodites, who, um, who is the son of Nick Asphrodites of Blue Crab. And his chef is Brian Doyle. Mm-hmm. And they together have crafted a terrific Greek-American contemporary cuisine. Yep. And uh, 
even though it's only been open two days, I would really recommend this to you, especially if you're somebody who loves Greek cooking, which we don't have very much of around New Orleans. We just we never have. And uh, if I could offer a theory about why that is, it's that uh, your your grandmother, your uh, Shia, wait, what yeah, is yeah, 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 uh, is so good at cooking Greek food because she's been cooking it all her life that uh, you, you you feel funny about if you grew up with it. That is. Uh, of uh, diving into that. Do you and, know the Papas Brothers out in Houston? The Papas Brothers who yeah, have they, all those they have a restaurants. Bunch of chains, yeah. It's a it's a it's it's an enormous corporation of very different concepts all under the Papas name, but they actually have a Greek concept and it's called Yaya's Kitchen. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, uh but this is really uh you know what I don't think you have to just want to be interested in Greek cuisine. I think that if you like really delicious, light, healthy, green, fresh flavors, mm-hmm. that's it. That's all you need to really love this. You know, there was this uh, this roasted red pepper dip on the table, which mm-hmm. is the color of Halloween. It was bright orange, and I don't even know how they got. A red pepper, which tends to be more red, a red pepper dip to be actually orange. But yeah, it was, it was kind of a kind of a dark orange, but it was very. It wasn't. It wasn't a, I would call it a a straight ahead pumpkin orange, and um, it had some feta cheese on top and some olive oil on the bottom, and it had some fresh dill, and it was. Scrumptious. It was really, really great. I had tzatziki, which I loved, and uh, I just, I just thought that tzatziki. Then that's one like that tzatziki, doesn't ring a bell with me. What is that? The cucumber and yogurt dip. Oh, uh, that looked terrific. You, uh, you got it, at it really it before was, I could reach over great. and get some of it, it myself. Really, really but good. and the, then when they brought that, um, <laughs> that it well, it wants to spanakopita. But when they brought the leek and spinach pie, which was wonderful. Ultra flaky and just really spectacular. I that was it. So excellent, excellent. Very excited about the new new kid in town. Yeah, that doesn't happen mm. too often where you turn up a great place uh, just one day and then there it is and it stays there too. So uh, if you're, there's one of the guys uh, I work with over here at the radio station who uh, runs all the music stuff, and every time I bump into him in the hallway. Uh, he always asks me, what's uh, what's something new and hot and good? And uh, you run out of those pretty quickly sometimes. So I'm, uh, it's great for me to... Well, that's because you don't go to the new restaurants, Tom. You should ask me. Well, There's sure a lot of hot new things out there. <laughs> uh, you can't go to all of them. I mean, but no, I get I'm to gonna... my share of them. Tom has moved to the dark side. He, he went to a restaurant that's been open for two days and loved it. It was delicious. It was really great. Mm-mm-mm. But Tom anyway, had a lamb hamburger. A lamb burger. I don't know. I, I'm was, not ready to do a lamb hamburger. No. Yours well, looked good though. It, it did. Lamb burgers. Didn't he used to play for this? No, no, no. Yeah. Two six zero six three six eight. I'm Tom. Introduce. Patrick. I hope they call. Yeah. We're, first of all, we have a busy, busy show today. Right yeah, off the bat, I'll just call, say that coming? right now. At the four o'clock hour, we have Nick Hargrove who mm-hmm. is the GM of the True Food Kitchen. So if while we're talking about light, 
and healthy eating, True Food Kitchen is pretty much the poster child for that. So uh, they have arrived in town. I'm sure you know all about their arrival in town. So he is coming in to talk about what True Food Kitchen is all about. Yep. And before that, I do hope that Timely will call. Timely. <laughs> Timely. Who do we have uh, Timely in, in the way is, of Timely? Is actually Timely. two people. Yeah. They're a young married couple. It's my niece and her husband. Oh. Who uh, took who decided since they both work from home that they would throw their dog and them in an RV and travel the United States for about four months. So they have their Instagram account and they're logging the the trip. And I said, when I heard that they were doing this, I said, you must call the radio show and tell us about your travels and what great food you found wherever you found it. So Sounds want, like a very worthwhile I endeavor. I want Timely to be a regular feature on the show, like once a week. They said that they take a day off from actual moving and just relax for a day. <clears throat> and that is today, and that would be the best day for them to call. So, so if they do come, if they do call, uh, we will be looking forward to talking to Timely on Instagram as, and I have to get their Instagram address. And you, if you would like to follow their travels, uh, I am sure they would love for you to do that. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. It's going to be a busy show. It's a rainy afternoon. It's yeah. I got caught in the rain, Tom. And so did I. Well, you had an umbrella, yeah, well, <laughs> and I didn't. Well, one of us had brains. So it was a little bit wetter uh, for me than it was for you. Let's uh, go ahead and take a break, and when we come back, uh, we will start talking about uh, all the things that it is today from our Almanac Blueprint, because there's some good stuff in it. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Hello there. You are listening to The Food Show, and this is Tom Fitzmorris, and it's fun to be here with you talking about eating because you know if you you're a runner or a bicyclist or or you know you you feel like you have to stay inside but even when it's raining but uh with us you can just like lean back and and give us your perspectives on everything and uh we'll all together something like that yeah pull together lots and of Doug, recipes are we and, aging you prematurely who <laughs> See, he's not even listening to us. He gets mad at us for not listening to him, and now he's not even listening to us. Hmm. Anyway, all right, 260-6368 is the number, and as soon as I get the almanac up, we're going to dive right into okay. it. Yeah? You asked yes. about something. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, today is Turkey Day. Turkey Day, it's Thanksgiving? Yes, but it's not Thanksgiving Day. It's Turkey Day. Now, I'm a little hesitant to bring up turkey because, yeah. as you know, that is a hot spot in the global, in the geopolitical world right now. But uh, you know a lot about the Ottoman Empire and Ataturk and all of that. But um, Ataturk put the Ottomans out of business in uh 1923 today so that was a good thing and that really kind of developed Turkey into the secular country that it was but it's certainly tracking back the other way now 
Anyway, Turkey. I want to go back to Istanbul. I was saying that it's funny yeah. that I, I saw this in the Almanac today because just last night yeah. I was reading an article about someone who has a pretty good gig, I think. She went on the Danube Express, which is kind of like mm. the Orient Express. Oh, really? Only in Eastern Europe. Ah. And I don't know if it's – I don't think it's part of the same company, but it's kind of on the same level, although not as famous. And – it was kind of a tour that they it was it was like picture a cruise, but it's a train. This is kind of like, you know, maybe holy heaven for you, Tom. It's a cruise and really though on a train. So, yeah, well, I love trains. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. And you love cruises too, but you love trains more than you love cruises. So if you could do a cruise situation, how about a cruise on a train? Yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah. be uh, if we could only yeah. figure out how to yeah. do that. Well, that's what we this might is. have something it, without the actual boat. All the people that are on it uh, are. It, it, this sounded like a fam trip to me that this woman was on. But anyway, she was talking about Istanbul and how she had never really had any desire to go to Istanbul, which I find kind of crazy. You, you got to go at some point in your life because, because well, for I mean, history you don't alone, have to go. But yeah. I mean, um, but it, it's a place that I've always wanted to go, and um, and it's it's absolutely fascinating but she was talking about the things that she had discovered about istanbul that she did not know and mainly just just sort of the whole vibe of it you know the warren of streets and the grand bazaar and you know where she stayed no tell us she stayed at the four seasons sultan hamid which is the old turkish prison Oh, well, that's but she didn't peculiar. mention the fact that it was a Turkish prison, and she didn't mention the fact that a lot of the people who stay there now had actually stayed there when it was a prison. So yeah, that's, I'm sure their experience was a little bit different. That's an interesting Anyway, uh, I remember our time in Istanbul and the place that we wound up going to eat. Do you remember that place where we had the ceiling dripping on us? It was not a good choice. The ceiling dripping yeah, on the us? Yeah, the ceiling was dripping on us. Although I huh. did have kefta kebabs, which, kefta kebabs? which is my kefta you know, kebabs, which is like sir. my Middle Eastern holy grail. Go ahead, what? Kefta, you have kefta and kifta and kefta and oh, yeah. kufta we, and kafta. Well, yeah, we're not going to do this because we did this once before. Yeah, oh, good. But anyway. That's um, we can just scratch it off. Okay. So, all right, done. All right. So do you have anything else to say about Turkey? Because um it's you know it's kind of an interesting place of all the things that have ever happened in the in history uh what happened there with the the ottoman with the ottoman turks being coming in and invading taking everything and taking everything everywhere Uh and it was the end of the roman empire at long last it was uh, a long time and then it influenced all of the food in that whole region like especially in sicily i mean the food in sicily very um, very middle eastern yeah well i mean i mean not not Holy Middle Eastern, no. but there's a lot of you know the little raisins and the dishes and things like that mm-hmm. that yep. that is uh, you don't expect to see in Sicily, but it's there. Gee, I'd expect to see darn near anything in in Sicily, but uh, really, oh yeah, it's a great place to go. Well, yeah, but I mean, I would expect to see more Italian food than anything else, which of course is what it is. Yeah, but it's not, but it's not unusual to see. Dishes that definitely have a uh, Middle Eastern or Islamic sort of um, 
tinge to them. Yeah. You, know, you have Persian, to, under, you have to understand that uh, anyway. everybody who was anybody invaded Sicily. Yeah. Wait, what? That's everybody true. Everybody who was anybody uh, invaded Sicily. I mean, they had everything from the northern part of Europe, uh, yeah. people all the way down to the Turks. All well, they were of them sort of sitting at ducks one out time. There. Yes, yeah. they were right in the middle of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Everybody had invaded Sicily, and it. And you know what's really what's really kind of, I, I would say what's kind of sad about Sicily, but it kind of makes sense. I find that Sicily is kind of. Um, backwards it's not a very cosmopolitan place i i find palermo actually depressing and uh, messina only a little bit less so i have not been to catania or any of the places in the south but um i i i that's kind of disappointing because it's a beautiful place it it really is but what you have there is maybe not enough uh income uh, it's, well, yeah, obviously. This is uh, something that plagues them forever. I mean, if you, if you go to uh, Rome and then you go to Palermo, it, it, they're two very different. different just the food, two even the worlds. elements yeah. of the food, it's all real different, yeah, and but, surprisingly so. So I guess maybe Sicily has just been pillaged too much to never really oh, come well, back. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, it's, uh, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. So Istanbul... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very interesting place. They talked. She talked a lot about uh, the topkapi, about topkapi. Yeah, that's about, about the about the harem. Do you remember the, the harem, harem? The harem and building. Uh, and all the many women who uh, were well, in yeah, and out of there. There weren't harem women there when we went. It was just no. A, let's it hope was not. a warren of little small. I rooms, wouldn't be able to stand that. All I remember about that day, Tom, was what a boop you were. Because I kept wanting to take pictures, and you decided that you were going to take maybe a million pictures that day. So absolutely everything was taken um, about a hundred times um, in in bizarre, like ridiculous pictures. Do you remember that kid that Jude no. that that came with us because he overslept and missed his tour with his family, so he came with us. That was he was cute. I think Jude still is in mm. touch with him. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. If you would like to chat with us, we are now into the almanac, which we have to get through rather quickly today, even though it's a pretty good one, because at four o'clock we have Nick Hargrove from um, True Food Kitchen, and he is coming in to talk about. True Food Kitchen. Is this a, a call, Doug? Because I don't recognize that number. Oh, okay. Um, Tina. Let's go to Tina. Is that is that a call for us, Doug? Tina. Yeah. Hi. She's not there. No, she's not there. I, oh, no, she's oh, there. She's there. Hi, Tina. Tina, are you there? Tina. We're missing something here. There's, there's one... That that's uh, you know that's not like our Tina who takes care of things. No, it's not our like, Tina, but there's there's a Tina who is coming well, we'll get and, in and going shortly, and eventually I guess she will come or go. Yeah. All right. So today is also National Oatmeal Day. Oatmeal Day. What do you do with oatmeal at your house other than oatmeal stuff? Okay, so I never grew up with no? oatmeal being eaten as oatmeal. You had grits is instead, right? Eaten. Well, 
That's the, the way it usually grits. goes. We had instant everything in yeah. our house. Yeah. That, does that even count as grits? <laughs> well, yeah, it instant did in my grits. house because yeah. Vienna sausages counted as steak in my house. So, mm. you know, we had, we had loose interpretations of food. But anyway, um, we never had oatmeal. And I don't know how anyone does eat oatmeal in the way that you see oatmeal eaten. I mean, I know our grandsons do because that's what they get. And oatmeal has fruit in it, and so that makes it palatable. But I don't think I would ever eat oatmeal that way, with or without fruit. I have gotten to eat oatmeal as granola, though. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, there, there is something I used to use uh, uh, that for all the time, but it involved uh, pulling it out of my database, which I don't have here. So uh, I'm gonna, I have to try and make those oatmeal cookies. I like oatmeal they, cookies. And there's something else in there, But not though. oatmeal raisin cookies. Well, even still, uh, they, I, I forgot. Uh, it's, you know, oh, wait, as I know fact, how to, to do me, this. As a to me, the only way to eat oatmeal is as a cookie or granola. But the thing with granola... You know, Mary Lee was making her own granola for a while until she looked up the calorie count in granola, and then she stopped. But it was really, really spectacularly good granola. She had all these nuts in it and the oats, and they were connected by a little bit of egg white and sugar. And was just, <laughs> we were both just eating it by the handful. And then it hit us that maybe we should check the calorie count mm-hmm. on this. And it was, it was really disturbing. And that was just like a, hmm. that sort of came to a crashing halt. So no more granola. But um, I do want to resuscitate that delicious, uh, which you don't think is delicious, cookie that I was making that you made such fun of me for with the oatmeal Wheat germ, chocolate chips, Mm -hmm. peanut butter. Well, that is quite a list. Eggs and whole wheat flour. used to call it tree bark. Do you remember that? I do remember that. They were delicious cookies, and I'm going to to resuscitate them. Hmm. I'm going to try it with oatmeal, eggs, no flour, honey, vanilla... And chocolate. Oh, and peanut butter Garlic as the oil. Garlic and sardines, yeah. Peanut okay. butter as the oil. Like mm-hmm. chunky peanut butter as the oil. I'm going to try that and see if they come out at all. And then, and then unfortunately, I, I'm sure they're going to be fine because all of those things taste good. And together, they taste even better. And then I'll probably eat the, <laughs> I'll eat the whole batch in one sitting. Yeah, why not? And then, <laughs> and then feel bad about it after that. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. Today is National Oatmeal Day. If you're wondering why we're talking about that, do you eat oatmeal like the traditional way? No, you know where it's just like a porridge. No, I've got what you almost described as a cookie kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's apples it's the only way in to eat it. Oatmeal. And I wish I could find a copy of my cookbook because it's like one of the two or three first. Uh, you have apples and oatmeal. Apples and a, oatmeal in a cookie. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could. It's good. You know? I guess you could. I'll, I'll have to dig around and find that. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight. Also, oatmeal is becoming um, kind of a gluten free bad boy. Yeah. It has to be steel cut oatmeal, and I'm not really even sure why that matters. I, I don't either. But. Um, Rolled oatmeal is made by steaming the grains. Oh, let's talk to Mike. Let's go to Mike. Let's see if we have time. Mike, 
Oh, no, we don't. Mike, could you hold on? And we'll be back with you. 260-6368 is the number. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. This is the Food Show. Every day we come in here and we talk about food every which way we can think of, and we are going to do it again. Who's this feller? Oh, this is yeah. Nick Hargrove from the True Nick Food Hargrove. Kitchen. Yeah, we we bumped into one another at the at the restaurant, I think. We did. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going over there? Doing well, doing well. We're doing great. Busier than uh than we expected to be. We're getting a, a great response from the city. Good. This is a, a completely different kind of restaurant. Uh, as as I look at it and as I sample it, uh, that's what the conclusion I always come to was. So I'm asking you a, a, a kind of a tough question to answer. What what is this anyway? How do you uh, how can how do you ex- dis- describe? That restaurant, because it's not like anything I've ever run into. Right. We're proud to be the healthier alternative to the rest of the city. Um, we're, we're based on the anti-inflammatory food pyramid. So the whole premise is what you put into your body is what you get out of it. Yeah. So we, we focus on the, the nutrient density and all the ingredients and how to really make those flavors shine and pop and, and create craveable dishes for our guests. This is craveable. Uh, the kind of thing that uh, I've bumped into now and then. Uh, Marianne, uh, does that does – that Fit, fit your uh, craveable. Craveables. I do have a lot of cravings. And mavables and. Wait, I have wait. not been to True Food Kitchen though. I was not in no? town when Tom went to True Food Kitchen, so I have not been over there yet. Um, when you say craveable, I mean, isn't that sort of the the antithesis of the healthy dynamic? In other words, you're supposed to eliminate cravings by keeping your glycemic index low and that sort of thing, right? Most guests think that if it's healthy, then it's just salad or it's just something that came from a field. But again, we focus on how to make those flavors come through, how to blend them together to really make a dish that guests want to come back for again and again. Uh Uh, I brought you a sampling of our squash pie today. Squash pie? Gluten-free crust, Mm -hmm. butternut squash pie filling, and then a whipped coconut cream on top. Oh, my, so it's my. a dessert. It's yeah. a dessert. Okay. Because we just had a spinach pie that was not a dessert. It was a savory. So you are from where? We're home based out of Arizona. Okay. Is that, I mean, is that where you're from, though? I'm originally from High Point, North Carolina. Okay. And so you've been Half, with uh, the company? Mm-hmm. In, in where? North Carolina. The furniture place. Oh, that's the it. The furniture place. The train so, passes right through there. That's it. It does. The that's set. right. It does. Oh, yeah, it does. I, I remember that. Um, so you have been with True Food Kitchen since its beginning, I no, guess? No, ma'am. I've only been with True Food Kitchen for about four months now. Oh, okay. And so you've just moved here with this True Food Kitchen? No, my wife is originally from here. So oh, she, so uh, she was delighted to come home. Yep. She, she said she wanted to come home and... And uh, I got this opportunity, so so why not jump on it? I see. Okay, so you've been involved in the making the True Food Kitchen in New Orleans a reality. So you've been here since the beginning when it all started to come together. Correct. Okay, and so this is like your first foray into True Food Kitchen in New Orleans and in True Food Kitchen. Correct. Came at the same time. That's it. Okay. Well, you know, does your wife, how does your wife feel about True Food Kitchen? Because, you know, she's from New Orleans. She's used to the way we eat. Well, the great thing is, is that we've lived this lifestyle uh, for pushing 10 years now in regards to watching what we eat, trying to go, you know, paleo, gluten-free, keto, all these different things, eating Uh organic and things like that. So this is just a natural choice uh-huh. that I happen to run a restaurant that celebrates uh-huh. that mm. lifestyle. Mm. So is she, where were you living right before here? Was it Arizona? Were you no, I'm still in North Carolina. Oh, okay. I see. All right. And so she was there too. So mm-hmm. you, okay. Yep. We've been down here for almost two years now. 
Okay. And oh, you've been down here for two mm-hmm. years. Oh, so what were you doing between when you came working down? Working for a local restaurant tour. Oh, okay. So you were doing the New Orleans thing, yep. and now you're doing the True Food thing. I was in the in the French Quarter doing the the, the True New Orleans, Orleans thing. <laughs> what restaurant would that be? I was the AGM at Tableau. I at see. Tableau. Yes. Sir. Okay. Oh gosh, well that's not all that long ago. Nope. Yeah. No. Okay. Hmm. So so what is it that most excites you about what the True Food Kitchen is doing? Informing guests that good food can good food that's good for you can still be delicious. You know, we have so many guests that come in that are so surprised. Oh, my gosh, I never thought this was going to be so delicious. I was just expecting another health food place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we can accommodate a vegan, a vegetarian, and somebody who just wants a burger at the same table is really, really shocking to a lot of our guests. Because a lot of restaurants that are like us are all plant-based or they're just kind of easygoing, uh, laid-back, kind of hippy-dippy places. Whereas we have a little more... Um, Upbeat vibe. It was a glamorous place. Yeah. It's kind of a glamorous, mm-hmm. hip, very, very beautiful hip. modern interior, full bar yeah, selection. It is. It is. Okay, so um, you, this is pretty much the brainchild of the doctor that was launched. I don't know that much. About, I, I I confess I've never seen Oprah, not once. So I don't really know, but I understand that Oprah and this doctor came together with mm-hmm. this concept. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, well, Oprah was about nine years behind us opening our first one. Uh, Dr. Andrew oh, Weil, who's okay. a, a pretty famous doctor of integrative medicine that came up with the anti-inflammatory food pyramid, got with the restaurant tour in Arizona, Sam Fox. And he convinced Sam to let him do a true food kitchen. Sam said, that's it. I'll give you one. No more. Well, that one became so popular that we just opened restaurants number 30 and 31 and 32 is right on the board. Fantastic. That's good. And so all of them are doing really well. Absolutely. And and they're all just like the the hottest thing in wherever they are. That's what our goal is, yeah. Okay. You know, I, uh, on that first fateful day that I came in there and, and actually it was an evening and I had a fairly good-sized uh, dinner, but what I was trying to focus my attention to was that uh, these were cuisine, these were ingredients and techniques from other cuisines all it's over the world. It's global. Everywhere. And I had, a, I remember there was a Thai curry in there. There was a, I, I could rattle more of them, but I think I have it already made explained and everything but it reminded me of something uh, we had two restaurants uh, at various times in the histories of restaurants in new orleans one of them was uh, a combination chinese food and um and italian food they were both on the same menu at the same time and it was uh, i forget what the name of it, it was a clever name was marco polo marco polo that's it you win Anyway, uh, but uh, there it was, and this is the menu. We had the Chinese stuff on this side, and you had the uh, Italian food on this side of the menu. And then they took it one, and there was no connection here at all. Uh, There was a restaurant that was half Greek and half Mexican, (laughs) which uh, wouldn't strike me as a combination I would ever think about putting together. Uh, but uh, the, it came to my mind when I started digging into the menus that you guys are doing. Well, this is a much more integrated yeah. thing. It's like you you take one little element from this cuisine and mix it in a fusion with another cuisine, and then it gets integrated into one whole, and it's just global. Right. And the, <clears throat> the beauty of our menu is that we focus on the ingredients 
and how to really bring those out. So if mm-hmm. it's a Thai curry coconut or if it's the ancient greens dish or if it's just a grass-fed burger um, or, you know, the edamame dumplings. So we have an Asian influence there. We have the Thai influence, your American impact. So it's really how to bring those ingredients around. So we don't want to focus too much on one particular type of cuisine. It's how do we get the food to taste the best way we possibly mm-hmm. can. Yeah. The doctor that's behind this is the one who came up with this anti-inflammatory idea because it's, you know, it, it is, it, I am totally down for it. I absolutely believe it. But it is just 180 degrees different from everything that we've been taught all along. And it's, I'm, I'm glad they're finally, you know, telling the truth and um, I was just wondering I've not I didn't know exactly the source of the anti-inflammatory like its origins how old is it I'd say he's been doing this since the late 60s early 70s oh so wow in regards to to introducing this and um, he was also very passionate about the introduction of yoga as just a a basic practice of life Uh on different techniques and ways to, to cure the body with food exercise and with your mind as well, and not always just consuming, you know. And where is he now? He's still in Arizona. He's in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how did Oprah <clears throat> wind up hooking up with this So concept? Oprah donned at one of our restaurants and just fell in love with the food. Uh-huh. Um, the kale salad is actually one of her favorites. So from what I've been told is that she dined with us, loved it so much, she reached out and said, how do I get, how do I get in with this? Uh-huh. She, she goes back with Dr. Andrew Weil, and, and they connected somehow, and then she got in touch with our board of directors and kind of things snowballed pretty quick so now she's on our board of directors as well Hmm. okay so so he wasn't one of the people that she launched he's been around himself forever and and was never really a part of the show or anything like dr phil or anything that's the that's the story i heard correct yeah she she's had a great friendship with him over the years Uh but it wasn't as impactful as a career launch as it would be for for someone like dr Phil. okay so she's been involved for about how long She's been involved for about two years now. Oh, just two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how many restaurants do you have on the drawing board? We were number 29. We're opening 30, 31, and 32 by the end of the year. We have 10 more on the board for 2020. And, uh, are those, are those not, I'm not trying to be too snoopy about this, but are those uh, numbers uh, for one particular location or nationwide? Correct. Just, just the one location. So. We've got one that we're opening in Vegas. I think it went live last Wednesday. Oh, um, we okay. have one in Oak Brook, Illinois. We have one in Alpharetta, Georgia. Those are the three that are going to finish in 2019. And then the 10 locations that will round out 2020, and we still have a ton of other sites that we're mm. looking at moving forward. Uh-huh. Uh, when the restaurant opened here uh, about a month ago, I'm I'm thinking? Yeah, we're, about, yeah. we're into so week six, six right weeks. now. I was about to yeah. say six weeks because yeah. I, yeah. I, I know where I was, and I know how long ago I was there. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, almost immediately, we started getting some callers and writers, too, who were uh, contacting us and said, you know, um, we're always talking about, and you do, and it's certainly true of me that I do this, uh, of putting lots of emphasis on local cuisine. I mean, what, you, what grows here is what you should eat, you know, at, and uh, <clears throat> that's... Uh, always work pretty well, and it makes people feel good about uh, their local cuisine. But uh, what you have here, uh, and I don't think there's anything that, you know, uh, through uh, any sort of... uh, 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 it, the, the word I'm looking for. I think. Was, I think the question you're trying to ask is how much have you incorporated New Orleans into what you're doing? Well, uh, well that's not exactly it, but uh, it's close enough. 
the point is that uh, when we're trying to get our local stuff together, here comes this menu that has everything in the world on it. And uh, some of our uh, listeners and readers uh, objected to that. And a couple of them were really, uh, really kind of far out in this. I have a little tinge of it myself, to be frank. Uh, what is uh, what is the management? How are you uh, assuaging those fears? What we're not trying to do is take over New Orleans culture. We're not trying to to do away with this as if rich it city. could be done anyway. Has right. anyone, has anyone said that to you? Before? No, no, uh, actually, not at all. We uh, we have a ton of guests that you know. Our, I think our mindset here is as a company, and definitely trying to get ourselves in New Orleans is to get people to focus on the food, uh-huh. focus on the ingredients, focus on what goes in your body to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, we're passionate about helping our guests live a healthier lifestyle. Uh-huh. You know, well, that makes enough sense. You know, yeah. we have a ton of people that, that, you know, still come and visit the city, and, and they say, you know, I've, I've been here for a week. I'm visiting from, you know, wherever USA, and, mm-hmm. and they've had po'boys and gumbo and okra, oh, you know, all this stuff. And they said, I, I just want to come and, and kind of detox for one meal while I'm here, and we're happy <laughs> to be able to provide that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. interesting that they would – that they – I mean, it's – New Orleans is absolutely a, a really strong food culture, and it's absolutely different than Peoria, Illinois, for example. I mean, it's very unique in what it, it is. But if you're going to be someplace, in, like I, I don't understand that mindset. You know, it's like um, if I'm someplace, I'm going to do what they do for a week, and I don't, you know, I can go home and, and eat grilled salmon. You know what I mean? So my question, though, is is a little bit more intense than Tom's, which is if you go into a place, and I don't know of another place maybe that would have this kind of really, really intense food culture as New Orleans does. Um, How do, have you, like I've not been there, so have you incorporated New Orleans dishes or is the menu at True Food Kitchen New Orleans exactly is the same as the one in Houston and on and on and on? Our menu stays the same across all, all restaurants. Okay, in the brand. so basically huh. you are an outlier. You you know, you are not doing New Orleans food. You are doing only True Food Kitchen food and not incorporating any of our local, like making a healthier version of what we do. This is this is a different place doing a different thing, and if that's what you want, you go there, and if that's not what you want, then you don't go there. That's it. That's it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. We are talking to Nick Hargrove, who is dropping in here from the True Food Kitchen, the new kid in town, been here about six weeks, serving global cuisine. It is absolutely global cuisine. Uh, a healthy global cuisine. And um, if you've been to True Food Kitchen and you have a question for him, give us a call, 260 Yeah, we, we uh, again, I tell you, we had quite a few people who did call and who or, or I ran into just on the street. Uh, and uh, they were very, very strong on the subject. Yeah, it's definitely going to make an impact for oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that people are going to... Um, it's one of those things where it's a statement. It's absolutely a statement, and it's either a statement that you're going to like, or it's a statement that you're not going to you're not going to like. But it is absolutely different from everything we have here, you know. And I mean, there's a there's an you know an occasional vegan place or something like that, but it's a small thing. It's not got the pizzazz that the True Food Kitchen has, and so. You're going to kick up a lot more dust than than the average, you know, vegan place, for example. 
It is in, uh, it's on St. Charles at Julia in that beautiful new building. And it's an enormous place. How many seats do you have? Oh, we have just had 200 seats. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize it was that big. <gasps> so you have quite a challenge here. You're coming into New Orleans with a 200-seat restaurant. That takes a lot of confidence, yeah. I have to say. And, and the beautiful thing is, you know, we, we're excited to be here. We want to be here. Um, somebody who's been in the restaurant business myself for 25 years, I get hospitality. <clears throat> because hospitality is a totally different thing in other parts of the world and other parts of the, the United States. Um, so, you know, we're really proud of, of world-class hospitality and bringing that piece of New Orleans culture with us. Our food may be different, but the mindset that we have as a city and as locals is totally different than somebody who's just coming in to run another cookie-cutter restaurant. Well, you know, it's kind of ironic because uh, for, for years the, the, uh, it's kind of a register of how – Closely, you do uh, hang out with the local flavors, and uh, and as a result, if you want to be a gourmet in any kind of situation, uh, what you do do first is kind of find out okay, what's Chinese food, what's uh, what's sushi, what's all of this. But your restaurant takes it, it takes like all of it. I mean, I kept yeah, going through it. Incorporates it, everything. Five or six things in one at a time. There's, that's it. It's just all it's the ultimate fusion. I, yeah. yeah, it certainly is that. It's a cacophony yeah. of global flavors. A cacophony. Yeah, we haven't had a cacophony <laughs> here since I was in Greek uh, I think class we probably do, but not of global healthy flavors. So, what's your favorite thing on the menu? My favorite would have to be the chicken sausage and roasted fennel pizza. Our fennel pizza. pizza. Our pizzas are phenomenal. All the dough is made in-house, risen in-house, stretched by hand right before we make them. That <clears> was <throat> pretty clear. I, <clears throat> I Just looking around and tasting what came to the table, uh, that everything is, is first pretty class. well. It's yeah. first class. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the prep tables are in the dining room. Um, so a lot of restaurants, when I'm prepping the back, you can't see what's going on. But, mm. you know, we're we're so proud of what we do that we – prep the food in front of our guests. Um, it's, an, it's an amazing concept because we have everything from fresh-pressed juices, so we're a, a quasi-juice bar. Um, there's coffee options. There's, you know, the pizzas. There's burgers. There's the global, global dishes. We do brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. So whatever you're looking for, we, we can try to meet that, hmm. that need. Or that want. How did you and your wife personally get into the lifestyle and the, the concept Way before True Food Kitchen, but, you know, in North Carolina. We had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things in the world, if, if you want to find influences on your life, that is it. And meaning that you wanted to be healthy for your child or you wanted your child to be healthy or what? what I mean, having a child changes you in so many ways, but why did it affect you in the, in the health way that it did? Just the, the mentality of... You know, bringing our kids up and, and raising them with eating right, feeling better. Um, one, we want to be around for our kids, mm -hmm. you know. So, And then, you know, the influence of all these documentaries that are out there based on food and, and mm -hmm. health and all this other stuff. So you start to think more in depth about what it is that you're consuming every day. And you go in the grocery store and really start to open your eyes. And it, uh, it makes a huge impact on lifestyle decisions. It, no, it absolutely does. And the food that, you know, the food that we eat is so manipulated. It, you know, if you really start thinking about it, you could get really kind of wigged out. So yeah, how I mean, you... how much really is there in a snowball? Uh, to to uh, keep your body going healthily. Well, sugar, Tom, that's the important thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. At least it's I real it sugar. Like At least that. it's real sugar. So the foods that you 
use at the True Food Kitchen, <clears throat> I assume, are all GMO-free and, you know, they've gone through all of these tests and to be approved for Correct. that. Okay. Yep. And what sort of process is that? I mean, how does that work? Our executive team and our, our culinary team um, vets all these distributors and, you know, there's gentlemen that say they want to provide us with salmon. And so we start to vet those those individuals and, and really dig into their business practices and make sure they say what they're doing is, is actually really that. what they're doing. So yeah, yeah. The, the salmon provider we have is Lock Duart out of Scotland. Um, they make sure that they move their feeding pens for their salmon so it doesn't impact the ocean floor below. Mm-hmm. So we start to think about how we impact not only our guests locally, but also how are we impacting the overall environment and the world as we we and try to take care of as best we can from a, a corporate level. Okay, mm-hmm. so it is farm raised salmon. Though. Our salmon is farm raised. It is farm raised. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that's it. Now see, farm raised salmon and wild salmon is a totally different product. So how does the farm raised salmon clear your criteria? Well, the the <laughs> Lock Duar, the company we use, all their pens are actually in a, a large bay. So it's not what you would think as a farm raised salmon where you see. 100,000 salmon jumping on top of each other. Um, all, the f- <laughs> all the food is GMO-free. They're raised in an actual wild bay. So you have glacier melt coming off. You have mm-hmm. brackish salt water coming in. <clears throat> they have plenty of room to, to swim around so they're not pinned up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, they move those pins on a day-by-day basis. So these fish actually get to swim and develop the omega-3 fatty acids that come in natural fish. It's just more sustainable um, and a, a little better for the environment, to be honest with you, because we're not – kind of taking everything out of the environment in regards to, to wild caught. So in addition to uh, being concerned about what goes into your body, the focus of the company and the food that you sell uh, has to also be, well, sustainable is the word. That's the hot word. And as much as we can do sustainable. Absolutely. And there's one thing you've accomplished with this. It actually does taste pretty good. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you'd get nowhere without taste good. Right. Yeah, well, I don't yeah. know. You know, there are a lot of people who don't yeah, well, really I know, know. <laughs> who don't really know uh, good food. Although that's not true in this city for sure. You know, I'm, you know? I I hope you weren't. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, uh, through through your visit with us, I was looking up at the clock, and I forgot to tell you that uh, that's the only clock we have. So I I have to look at it every now and then. I'm not getting bored with what you had to say, but thank you very Wait, much for spending. Leaving. He's not leaving. He's gonna. I want, st- you, no, you, I want to see some. What he's got? I want to see. Oh, what he oh okay. No, he's not even supposed to be here till four. Oh, we'll let you go at well. four thirty. Okay. Stay right. tuned for more of the food show, coming back after the news from CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.